Paper-made ink is leak-proof. Use a paper-made pen. Paper-made ink is smear-proof. Use a paper-made pen. Bankers approve paper-made. Only $1.69 everywhere. Buy a paper-made. You'll say it's great when you write with a paper-made pen. So what did you sign up for? When you're at a cocktail party and someone you just met asks you what you do for a living, what is it you say? You might say, oh, I work for X company. Or do you say, I work in marketing. Or do you say, I have my own company. Or maybe you say, I fill out TPS reports. Or I spend all day making business cases and socializing change-oriented projects through different departments in my company. Or something like, I spend every day in back-to-back meetings that end with no conclusions and no one responsible for any of the outcomes. Insert heavy sigh here. Or could you say, I work inspired, creating incredibly valuable and educational thought leadership, and I'm helping my company evolve through a digital transformation. That's what I signed up for. That's my job. And if you said that last one, good for you. But that's rare for sure. And it's not that we never get to do that, ever. Well, hopefully it's not never. I mean, hopefully there is one more day than one in a row where we get to do the thing. You know, the thing. That thing we signed up for when we chose the job. But even if we do, we certainly never answer the question that way. That would seem immodest, wouldn't it? To joyously blurt out that what we signed up for when we read the job description, got the job, started the company, that we get to do that thing every single day? Yeah, immodest for sure. Except... Wouldn't it be great? We know change is critical these days. You can't help but read about how the world is changing. Industries are changing. Business, markets, platforms, people, all changing, evolving. We see entire professions being completely upended. Controversy ensues. How should we deal with the displacement of those who haven't, can't, or won't change? Is your job something that can be automated, replaced, evolved by technology, completely changed? It's so easy to see it in others, but so very hard to see it for ourselves. Because it's not what we signed up for. What we signed up for was that awesome job that we thought we could do something interesting, write for a living, create cool imagery, formulate strategies, protect an established brand, launch a new brand, create a new company. The thing. Or that we'd get to practice the thing that we spent all that time in school studying for. Or, quite honestly, we signed up for that thing that would simply fund the other thing that we want to do. The hobby, the family, the world travel, the secret startup idea, the screenplay, the spiritual life. Nobody signs up for not doing the thing. They want to do the thing for as long as they can. But what we know today, as we walk through the door so many days, is we didn't sign up for this Recent studies have confirmed this, that most, in fact 60% of employees find aspects of their new job differing completely from the expectations acquired during the interview process. Now most of it's around responsibilities, the hours expected, the boss's personality, the opportunity for career advancement, etc. But number one on that list was everybody else's morale. Everybody else's morale was different than expected. See, it's not just you. Nobody signed up for this. And that's the theme of our show today. What did you sign up for? And what are you going to sign up for next? It's your choice. The answer to the question is, paradoxically, just recognizing the simple fact that, indeed, nobody signed up for this. 
We're all in the same boat. We all have our own evolution underway. Everybody, and I mean everybody, despite what their Facebook or Instagram feed looks like, is facing the same thing. We're all trying to figure out what to sign up for next. And so can you. All you need to do is look around, grab a pen, and sign up for something new. And now it's time for me to change and slip into something a little more comforting. What do we do here? Well, what we've done is we've signed up to laugh and gossip and hopefully find a little insight over the next hour. Isn't that great? You ready? Got a pen? Then let's roll. For your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, PR with this old marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, content marketers. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 185 of PR's This Old Marketing, recorded Sunday, May 28th, 2017. And with me, as always, is my co-host, my colleague, my friend, and the guy who signed up for all the content marketing, Mr. Joe Polizzi. How are you, my friend? How did you know I've signed up for every bit of it? Every, every bit of little it. All bit. of it. You've signed up for I have, all of it. Yes. Yes. No, there's nothing left. There. No. I have every The sign-up sheet is full uh, with you. <laughs> the I have no more room full. in my email inbox. It that is, is correct. completely full. How are you, sir? Did you I'm doing well. Week? I, I did have a good week this week. It was a, it was a long week. I'll put it that way. I'm in the midst of a very large client engagement um, with a very very large company, and I did stakeholder calls this last oh, week. Oh my yeah. goodness! And you so, did not. I can't yes. believe you're even on this podcast right I know. now, and you're it's, not banging yeah. your head against the wall. Oh no, no that that happened on Friday. Oh. Yes, that that happened Friday good. when I yeah I. Beat my head against the wall. Well, I think I think going. I saw on your on your Facebook feed there was <laughs> like three pictures of, of oh, there was like three pictures of alcohol. I'm like, yes, oh, this is a good exactly this right. was a good one. It's it was a good week in time. you know in the in in the in the spirit of Facebook Instagram stuff, you know, it was basically yay Friday, but you know the reality behind that was yay Friday. Yeah, Friday. You know, it was Friday. Was, uh, I'm never gonna remember you again. Yeah, exactly. That's all seven and a half hours I'm never getting back. Um, but it was lovely. After all of that, I will tell you that it was a good week, a good productive week. Very, um, very and you? Um, you know what? We're we're excited here in Cleveland to be in the finals again. For yeah. The NBA. How about that? How about that? Yeah. You know what? I <laughs> it's hard to believe. I, I don't know if people realize it, but we did win the championship last year. And I and I looked at the odds, and I think it's on. Um, What's Nate Silver's five thirty eight? Five thirty eight. The last I checked, um, Golden State has a night is ninety two percent, ninety two percent that they will win, and we're eight percent. Yeah, but wasn't that the same odds that they gave? No, Hillary we had Clinton? twenty. Well, that, <laughs> <laughs> I think that yes, was in fact cool. the exact same they, odds that you, they gave Hillary Clinton. Might, so yes, actually you know. they are. It was usually about ninety ten. 
So you heard it so here first, I'm folks. Feeling the Cavaliers are the Donald Trump of this year's basketball championships. Yeah. Well, last year we were significant <laughs> underdogs, and we were t- yeah. uh, 26% chance, and this year we have an 8% chance. So I'm feeling good. I'm yeah, feeling, you should uh, be feeling good. I'd, that confuses me because <clears throat> from everything I've heard and read, and I'm not an aficionado like you are, the Cavaliers are the team to beat. I, no, you know, no, no, no. That's not true. Golden State okay. went out and got Kevin Durant uh, in the offseason. So Golden State was already, well, at least when people looked at them on paper, would say Golden State was a better team last year that we won through the will of LeBron James, whatever you want to say. doesn't matter. We won. And then now this year, they went out and got perhaps the second or third best player in the league, Kevin Durant, and added them. They have four all-stars this year. And so people are thinking that they're, it's going to be, they're, we're going to get a beating. But, you know, I, I like feel being good the for underdog. You. I, I feel good for you. I, I think, uh, I, I feel like it's, the, I feel like it's the Cavs year. Well, uh, all I know is I've got seven dates circled on the calendar. There it is. I'm expecting a seven game series, and it should be should be quite a ride, and it'll be some be some fun. So, yes. that's what I'm looking forward to. And that's uh, good. And there we go. And you know what? We have, uh, I believe, we have a top of the show sponsor today. We do I'm indeed not... have a top of the show sponsor. It's our first time with these folks, I think. That's right. Uh, we haven't had one in a while, but super excited to uh, talk a little bit about video blocks. For those of you that aren't aware of video blocks, they're an affordable subscription-based stock media site that gives you unlimited access to premium stock footage. Their sister site, Audio Blocks. Do you see how they did that? They did yeah. video blocks and I, audio I, blocks. Yeah. It's almost I, as if it's modular or almost like in, <laughs> in, in, <laughs> if there in, was in only format. some kind of visualization we could have for yeah. that. Uh, audio blocks has a 100,000 plus library of music tracks, sound effects, and loops to complement your videos. But back to video blocks, they're one of the <laughs> fastest growing uh, uh, stock video libraries with over 3 million videos uh, after effects templates and motion backgrounds, and they've got all kinds of amazing things to help contributors. They've got this contributor marketplace that gives 100% of the commission back to the artist, which is cool, and passes the savings on to you. Um, And you you don't want to forget this. The downloads are yours forever, even after your trial ends, and they're 100% royalty-free. This month, by the way, Videoblocks is also launching its latest collection, Creator to Creator. And with more than 1,000 artistic and creative lifestyle clips in their newest collection, Videoblocks is featuring videos and music from creators just like you for your next project. So what we're doing... Uh, as on behalf of uh, this old marketing and and video blocks, audio blocks, you go to cmi.media slash pnr185b. That's cmi.media slash pnr185b, and you get our two for one deal, folks. You can get an audio blocks for free. So get audio blocks for free when you sign up for just $149 subscription to video blocks today. So you get audio blocks free with your video blocks subscription. That's $100 discount off the regular price just for PNR listeners. So go to cmi.media slash pnr185b and get that two for one offer on unlimited downloads of both video and audio clips from Video Blocks and Audio Blocks. So thank you to uh, to the Video Blocks and Audio Blocks Absolutely. team for coming through. We appreciate it. And a uh, new sponsor to us. And so treat them right. And um, like a lot of our listeners, you know, you need <laughs> you need stock footage. You need those kinds of things to, to integrate into your content. So here's a great service for you. 
You know, and a, and a two for one, you could say that that's a chip off the old block, really. <laughs> or maybe, <laughs> folks, it's going to be one of those shows <laughs> again. We've had, it's, I think we've had 185 weeks of just one of those shows. That's right. If I had That's to, right. if I had to guess, did we have any uh, any news? We did have some news okay. this week. It was a bit of a slow news week as we head into this holiday long weekend here, um, but uh, some really fun stuff to talk about actually um, as we as we kick off the show here with uh, our our top of the uh, show news, which comes to us courtesy of the Media dot com. And the headline is here, Five U.S. Media Trends to Keep an Eye On. The article opens up by saying, U.S. publishers tend to set the agenda for international media markets. The combined benefits of accessibility through the English language and brand recognition on a staggering scale means that whether they like it or not, publishers in other countries often dance to U.S. publishers' tunes. Boy, I just have to think the international audience didn't love that opening paragraph anyway. But they're just as susceptible to changes in technology and habits as anyone, more so in a lot of cases due to the widespread early adoption of technology among U.S. citizens. So as we start preparing to grapple with the implication of those changes in the run-up to Digital Media Strategies USA, which is the event that they hold, we've put together a quick list of U.S. media trends that we'll be keeping our eye on. And I thought there were some interesting ones in here, but what did you take about uh, some of these trends that they point out? Yeah, there's five trends. A couple of the things that I wrote down they were they talked a little bit about the local newspaper scene and i, yeah, I never did realize that they're basically they're saying that 97 percent of all newspapers in the u.s are local but you're basically defined a circulation under fifty thousand, um which i thought was interesting they talked about the health the relative health of lo- small local newspapers versus broader national uh, newspapers and media properties and it's just interesting to note that they are successful because they're still the ones that are successful are still covering local news because that's the news that's hardest to get when you're looking at basically all this other clutter that's out there and what you what you saw they have some really good examples of some larger media companies that have bought local papers and then they sort of cut out the local news to save costs and those are the ones that are really struggling and the reason why I bring this up is there's an there's a niche opportunity everywhere, and for anyone listening to this, it doesn't matter if you're covering news or you're covering anything else in your industry. If you cover something that nobody else is covering well, you have a real opportunity to build an audience, and that's why I thought it was interesting where a lot of people think that they're struggling, but the and you might say, oh, well, they still are struggling from an advertising standpoint. Well, yes, but I didn't realize that the the ones that they're talking, the local newspapers they're talking about in this article, they're really growing with events. Were you aware of this? I did not know that, and it was one. Yeah, that was something I picked up on as well. Was the 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 rise of events here? Yeah, I guess the new revenue channel for or revenue opportunity for local newspapers is through the event business. Now, of course, we at Content Marketing Institute know this really well because sixty sixty five percent of our revenue are through events. But uh, I didn't realize from a local standpoint what a big opportunity. So so here's. Here's a company or here's a, a, a group, let's say, local newspapers that were able to build an audience. They saw their main profit line deteriorate, which is subscriptions and advertising. And then at the same time, they've been able to kind of ride the storm and now start to grow again because they've launched 
um, this event platform and they've been able to be fairly profitable. So I thought I thought that was interesting. Uh, did you have a take on the TV side? You're the TV guy. I did, as you so might expect. Yeah. Basically, they they talk about this battle for TV is about to begin. And as I was reading this, I was thinking about, well, Robert's got a take on this. So I want to hear yeah. Right. Well, the the, ba- the battle for TV is about to begin, you know, is a statement, you know, that's circa 1998, I think, yeah. which is, you know, I mean, look, the t- battle for TV has been going on at full tilt for quite some time. Um, you know, they make a couple of points here, which is that... Uh, you know, they say that the idea that digital views are worth less than those on traditional platforms doesn't really hold all that much water, which I think is true. Um, but and, but and that's what seems, they're selling. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's, what, that's what they said in the upfronts. That's right. That they, that right. they were really selling, hey, the, the, a, a TV, a regular traditional TV eyeball is more valuable than a digital eyeball. That's right, which is ridiculous, right? Because, you know, the, the idea that, you know, I mean, because this goes to, and we've had this discussion on this, this show before where, and I've written on this, which is, you know, what is television these days, right? Is a television an appliance that hangs on your wall, you know, 52-inch, you know, flat screen thing that hangs, you know, or sits on your shelf? Or is it a service? It is the service that you subscribe to. And 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 there's an interesting discussion to have there. But, you know, when you start thinking about things like Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and and Vice and other, you know, companies, Facebook, that start to offer video-oriented content, linear storytelling that is available over a big screen that sits on your shelf or hangs on your wall is that television. And of course, there is no, you know, the consumer, and especially young consumers, don't discern between those two things. And as many of them as are cutting cords and are sort of turning off broadcast-oriented television in, you know, in favor of all of these subscription-based services that they can simply get all the shows they want, that's where the real battleground is going for. It's for the audience. And looking at that audience and trying to figure out the right distribution model and how you actually get, you know, onto the hardware, that's the real battle right now, is how can I get my network or my distribution channel on the hardware of the TV manufacturer. And that's a really interesting battleground right now because, you know, with smart TVs and then TVs that are connected to the internet, it kind of, you know, that that ease in the user interface is really what's going on. It's why long Apple has long been rumored to have been creating an actual device, a television device, and whether they are or not, it's still unknown. But creating that will be the real battle for TV. It's not going to be between broadcast and cable or broadcast and internet that battle is dead it's long gone but broadcast is slowly winding its way down just continually every year losing more and more audience but that that being said you know i always go back to this thing that you told me you said to me and it just has resonated with me for the last year and a half when we were talking about the new york times and i was like wow new york times is a smaller, you know, and it's really struggling. And you're like, no, 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 no. It's just normalizing. It's just normalizing to the right size of business that it should be. And I think that's what's happening in broadcast television right now is the same thing. It's not that broadcast TV is dying. It's just normalizing to the right size business it should be in this environment. And so I 
kind of what happened know, what happened to radio stations yeah it's exactly yeah. right and so i look at television right now as it as as healthy as it's ever been if you look at it just broadly speaking you know the amount of money that's getting spent on new content original content the the you know the the marketplace for new content is as rich as it's been in decades um now the distribution and money making opportunities there are hard given the you know the the market as it stands because you've got people like Netflix and Amazon that are going in and paying big buku bucks for all of these original content pieces so it it's a true it's truly chaotic and just a really op, you know opportune time for companies this is what i do agree with him with an opportune time for companies to get in like other publishers and other media companies to 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 take it over well it's interesting he says um let's see the article that comes from Mark Glazer with Digital Content Next says that over the last, what is it, four years, they've lost 8% of their audience, the four yeah. major broadcast networks, and they've ri- they've raised prices every year. That's right. For the ads. I mean, how long is that sustainable? How it's do you not. go how do you right. go into a meeting and say, Well, we've got less audience, but you're gonna pay more this year and this is why. You can't well, say the us. interesting thing is that there actually is a case to make there. There is that the, the, you, what, but what's the you, case? How do you sell that? Because somebody? what's happening is is with the what you're what you're seeing all of the networks do is really double down on the niche orientation of the audiences that they serve. So it used to be, you know, back in the day where you looked at CBS versus NBC versus ABC, you know, which here in the States are the three big, you know, um, broadcast networks. And you have Fox in there and then you have some sort of the quasi broadcasts that are that are that are out there. But those big three for sure were as broadcast as broadcast got, right? You know, you had everything from kids programming to tween programming to old people programming to, you know, mid-level, you know, age programming. You had everything, right? Because it was really the only place you could go for television-oriented content. But as the internet has begun to really democratize that whole thing and create it, what you've found is is that they've lost big swaths of audiences, right? So from kids to, you know, the tweens, to the older people, et cetera, et cetera. Now the big networks basically have doubled down on focusing in. So, right, so CBS is the boomer network, right? It is squarely focused on our moms and dads. Yeah. You know, you have the CW that is squarely focused on our kids, their age. You have ABC, which is really focused in on family, right, the family audience, you know, and so on and so forth. So they're really focusing in on that niche audience. And because they're losing so much of the periphery, because there's so much other doesn't choice. doesn't matter as much anymore. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Just they're more they're focusing the, in sustain on... Sustain the core audience. Exactly. That's what if they that's, can sustain their core audience, then they're, then, they're, then they're doing well. So they do have a case to make. But quite frankly, that case doesn't get made for long because they will continue to lose audience for some time. But that's actually, that's a good... A lesson for all of us to say, you know, it doesn't matter how much traffic you get, right? We've talked about this a million times. You only want the, the traffic that matters. That's right. Like, I That's don't exactly care. right. Yeah, I mean, I've done analysis. I mean, this was happened years ago. Somebody came to me and said, hey, I want to sell my site to you. I've got, you know, we get like 5 million visits a month and we went through. And then when you go through, you realize that, oh my gosh, like 60% of these visits are from from like when you're running your your top posts of celebrities and st- stuff that no you know we, right but it's not That's business exactly right yeah it's right. not they're not business people like nobody would want that traffic and you you so you have to discount that so you know it's you mentioned the CW I read an article recently on the CW they like 
almost all their programming now is the, are like DC characters. Yeah. So it was a Supergirl, The Flash, um, Arrow. They they're launching Black Lightning. I mean, it's like it's like the whole thing that every night it's some superhero. Yeah, and a on. very specific, and if you'll notice, there's a very specific tone to it and a very specific, you know, a very focused audience is what they're doing there. Um, I mean, I happen to know just because I know some of the folks here in Hollywood who are who are working um, for the network that in their upcoming season, you're going to see a lot more shows like that, right, that are focused on that, that audience, that very core audience, but with that tone right it's not it, they're not even they're, i mean they're just saying so core to their editorial mission if you will and a very specific audience that's the, that's the idea for broadcast networks these days is to just be you know laser focused in the audience because that's the only way they can keep ad rates where they are i love how you just dropped in you know the right people in hollywood yeah, and like you, know, you, you know, that's that's how I do. You, you like know. go to you like go to a breakfast and you order like nothing that's on the menu. That's and right. Then, I'm like the Danny DeVito character, and then you get up, and, you you get up just and have leave. a little frappe for everybody. <laughs> just a little strawberry frappe. Make one for everybody, won't you? And straws. We need straws. It's amazing how quick you caught on that. That's what I was thinking of. Absolutely, it's a get shorty reference, <laughs> right? So, it's they so say the reasons that you have such beautiful sunsets, <laughs> <laughs> the smog. That's such a great movie. <laughs> hey, before before we go on, the one thing they they talk about Facebook, and I'm not going to mention. They basically talk about how Facebook, you know, is so critically important, but they haven't right. cared cared at all about publishers at all. You know, in in this whole thing, which we know is is true. I read another little blurb that said I think they're up to 1.87 billion daily active members, which yeah. is like over a quarter of the world or something like that. Um, so let's keep that in mind and or a quarter of the adult world adult population that can actually have a Facebook account. They have a $480 billion valuation and they have yet to monetize their audience. I just wanted yeah. to throw that out yeah. there. They have yeah. yet to mon- directly monetize their, which is coming next by the way, because they're going to, and, and the reason why I bring that up, because you're talking about television and I was thinking about that Mark Wahlberg uh, AT&T commercial where the TV rooms, those are the fun rooms. Wherever you go, those are the rooms we want to be in because the TV's in there. <laughs> right. I think that's going to be Facebook. Like, I really well, think certainly that, it's one of the choices. It's, it's one of the choices now. One of the choices. Yeah, it's but a it's, broadcast media, right? I mean, they've, there's an article that we're not covering on this episode of the show, but we almost covered, which is Facebook is actually – we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but they actually – Paid, wrote the check uh, for new television programming. They're actually getting into that. They're they're offering up. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but it's in the you know it's in the hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars for new new content that they're going to originally you know create. And so of course it's there. It's already happening. Well, that's why you really have to pay attention. I mean, we know Apple's going to do something at some point, but if you if you look at Facebook and you look at Amazon, they literally have unlimited funds. They have yeah, a blank right. they have a blank check that they can go ahead and produce, they can buy, they can do whatever they want and they have the eyeballs right now. And I don't see anything and that's why you see if you if you look at the stock market, that's why Facebook and Amazon stock just never goes down. It is you just hear, climbed, climbed, I mean, it's unbelievable. You so. want to hear an amazing statistic, and I don't know that this is true. I just heard this statistic, right? So okay. I don't have any empirical data on this. This is something that I heard at my Sundance gathering thing that okay. I went to. So these are from, you know, big investor type folks. 
they said, and I'm going to get the number, so it's not an exact number, but it's but it's it's around this number. They said 75 to 80 percent of all the stock activity right now is around like six companies. Yeah, I think you and I were talking about that a little bit, and I totally believe that. I mean, if you when when you and that's why it's so. Um, if Which is amazing to me. Well, I mean, if you look at look at uh, look at the the if you follow the Dow Jones and said, oh, we're you know we're Dow twenty thousand or Dow twenty one thousand, you know what? It it they're only you're only looking at Apple and Microsoft and Google, a couple yeah. of yeah, a couple other ones that have yeah. these huge market because they're weighted. It's right. not like it's not like the where you look at. I mean, S and P five hundred is still weight, weighted, but it's still a little bit more respectable because they've got five hundred in there, where Apple might be three or four percent or something like that. It really is. You 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 could say, oh my god, the market was up three hundred uh, three hundred points today, but the majority of your stocks were probably down. Yeah, because <laughs> right. it's just that's only right. has to be a couple that's that exactly are up. Right. It's it's really yeah yeah it's scary but that that kind of power that they have in in the financial arena is the same kind of power that they have in the in the media arena so it's going to be interesting to yeah, see yeah absolutely so there. all right moving there. on to our next story there you go there and so this is another piece of uh, research that was really interesting to us and this comes courtesy of our friends at Edison Research hi Tom Webster um, who is a friend and family of the show. The headline here, um, that, and we're going to link right to the actual uh, report that they put out here, is that Edison Research has released Social Sharing in the Mobile World Report. Um, as usual, their research is, is really well done. Um, and the uh, article that opens this up says, Recently, we, meaning Edison Research, released a research report at CRS 2017 that went deep on smartphone users. As a part of that project, we collected a lot of data on the types of apps smartphone users had installed and what apps and mobile websites they used the most. We had so much great data on social media that we broke it out into this new standalone report, Social Sharing in the Mobile World, a study of uh, 1,500 American smartphone users aged 18 to 54, and it revealed some key insights about mobile use of social media. And they go on to then report that uh, very interesting usage and and. What did you think about? Would anything stand out here to you in terms of the the research results? Well, I do have a quick take on podcasts, but the Facebook slash Instagram st- statistics are staggering. Yes, when it's you amazing. look at when you look, and by the way, for those of you that don't know, Facebook and Instagram are owned by the same company. Yes, uh, it's called Zuckerberg Inc. <laughs> uh, it's basic. Um, it. It's called Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch.com. <laughs> and when you, but when you look at that compared to, let's say, I mean, Twitter's not so bad on there, but you look at Snapchat and you look at some of the other statistics that are out there. And, you know, I love to rail on Snapchat, but Snapchat has lost their mo- momentum, if you will. And they've really become, and, and probably where they always should be for whether you want to call it millennials or younger and that, that audience, but mm-hmm. that they have not. Uh, they've lost their kind of upward trajectory and they're starting to probably do what we just talked about the CW channel doing and sort of focusing, okay, here's our audience. Let's lean into that audience. Whereas you, Facebook and Instagram has everybody. I mean, the, there is, you could make the case that right now, at least if you're looking at a smartphone, you're saying, well, there's the internet. So there's Safari or, or Google or what, or Google Chrome. And then there's Facebook. 
right. is like the other way to access the internet. So that was the the quick take I had on that one. The other thing I thought was interesting is there's still, I mean, we're a little bit meta. We are talking uh, on a podcast right now, but 37% uh, listen to weekly podcasts. Uh, up to, it goes up to add twenty two percent on for monthly forty one percent never so fifty nine percent of the audience so six out of ten people out there listen to at least one podcast a month and forty one forty one percent have never listened to a podcast it just seems like in the only medium out there that you can actually multitask with which is audio. It's mm-hmm. the only thing you can do at, while you're mowing the lawn. I mean, you can't watch it. Well, I mean, I guess you could, but you might be, you know, mowing out into the street if you're watching a video or something <laughs> like that. You get, you know, listening in your car or something like that. You That's the only thing that you can multitask with. It still seems to me like an untapped opportunity in audio. So that those are the... That's what I took from it was Facebook's dominance. And wow, we are still at the beginning stages of this podcast revolution that started 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, my takeaways were similar. Um, I think that the biggest one for me, you know, as I as I looked at the dominance of Facebook here was just, I mean, there's a few, there's, and by the way, what we're linking to in the article here is a slide share that, uh, that Edison Research put out, which is just a really well done summary of all of the research here. Um, you know, it's like, and, and Facebook appears at the top of every single slide, right? It's just every single slide is Facebook dominating usage, time, you know, and, and what's going on. Um, and, and, you know, and, and the one that just sort of stood out to me was, um, the social media apps used most and which ones do you currently use the most on your smartphone? And, you know, it's like, it's Facebook and then Instagram and barely anything else. I mean, just, you know, I mean, just like nothing else. And the other thing that really stood out to me about Facebook was the, um, groups, <clears throat> the high preponderance, sixty-two percent uh, are of people who use the Facebooks are using local Facebook groups or other online groups um, uh, for part of the platform. And just anecdotally, I will tell you that seems to me to be the big trend right now. If everybody I'm talking to on Facebook that they're that they're you know that they're getting so little value out of the feed. And so much value out of the group out of these, steps? yeah, out of groups. I yeah. I totally believe that. I would. I mean, from my own personal situation, it's where I think I get the most value is out of the groups. And oh yeah, absolutely, they, it is for me for sure. Well, they've seemed to take in, taken the opportunity where LinkedIn just totally blew the whatever you want to call it. Um, they they missed fired on their group settings, and it seems like more and more people in LinkedIn groups have left. And where do you go? And so you're seeing a lot of business groups being set up on Facebook, which is odd to even say, but it's happened. Yeah. So, and they're doing it and they're doing it in the right way, right? Where, you know, it's the, you know, I mean, look, people are complaining that you can add people in and then, you know, and there's private groups and all that kind of stuff. And there's some, you know, there's some typical kvetching going on about the way that Facebook does stuff. But generally speaking, I got to tell you, you know, I'm a member of now, I don't know, five or six, seven groups and, it's the only thing I do on Facebook anymore, other than post pictures of my tequila. Oh, that's <laughs> and, right. You know. Pictures of alcohol and yeah, groups. exactly. That's that's but pretty I do much like what the that's pretty kids, much you know, what I the keep... research said. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's exactly. posting <laughs> pictures of alcohol or drinking, consuming, imbibing alcohol and 
fit groups, group stats. Yeah, that's pretty much what's it's, going on. Um, the, yeah. one, the one thing I did want to mention, which has nothing to do with this podcast, but there was a, I saw a video where Mark Zuckerberg was talking. I don't know if you saw this. It was talking about what's possible in the future. He's talking about universal income, a minimum income for people. Did you see this? I, I've I've heard about it. You heard about it. Okay. Anyways, it I, yeah. I, I just caught a little bit of it. But he was talking about uh, people should be able to vote online, and which uh, will, which by the way will 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 happen someday. But I think that if you're going to put Mr. Zuckerberg's hat on, what he's thinking of is that everyone will be verified via their Facebook account, and you will vote via Facebook. On into whatever elect, I think that is going to be a thing someday. Those like twenty years from now. So I'm just throwing it out there. I wanted to get it on record, along with Apple buying Disney. Facebook is going to have everyone be verified, and then you're going to vote via Facebook. Just I really it. want whatever you're drinking and smoking because that's awesome. It's going to happen. Um, well, who? No, uh, okay, okay. It's not going to happen. I it's not like that the government's not going to do take it. That I will take that bet too. I will take your Facebook voting bet. You don't think in totally. 20 years that's going to happen? No, not on Facebook. I Do I think it's going to happen online? Absolutely it's going to happen online. Yeah, it ain't going to happen on Facebook. You can't do it? You, it's going to happen on Facebook. It's, it's not going to happen on Facebook. Gonna it's definitely not going to happen on Facebook. Because it's because you know why? Why? Because it's going to be <laughs> President Zuckerberg. <laughs> that's exactly why. If he decides to run for president... He'll Fair be enough. he'll be elected in a landslide, Fair and then enough. and then everything's gonna run through Facebook, which will, will that's what will be will be forced to call the internet. Fair enough. I'm gonna vote for The Rock and Tom Hanks, but 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 I I hear you there. I think that's uh, I think talk, that's you a, mean Senator Rock is that what yeah. you <laughs> Senator Rock? Yes. Oh goodness, it's gracious. gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah. See, people I, think that we're funny. These things come true. <laughs> no, true. they don't. Yes. Nothing that you've predicted is coming true. <laughs> None of this is coming true. It's just two chuckleheads talking it's, about it's politics, which is um, this is not yeah. a comedy show. It, it's this that's, is that's, yeah. people this, would agree with that as well. It's because it's not very it's, funny. It's, We're not definitely like, not is, a comedy show. This is yeah. They're going to say this is not informative or funny. Like why <laughs> yeah. people say why am I listening to this anymore? We don't right. know either, folks. We don't know why you're wasting your time listening. Well, that to was either. funny because the, so we got a, a, the one of my favorite emails that we've gotten of late from somebody who doesn't listen to the show but does read the show notes. You know, basically said, you know, uh, I, I really, I really enjoy reading the show notes because I'm not interested in listening to the show, <laughs> which is just my favorite comment ever. I want to like, make that one of yeah, our testimonials. We, we changed our show notes to focus yeah. on, okay, Joe and Robert are going to talk about this here and this here and this here, and they're not as in depth. And all those right. people list, uh, reading the article, like, oh, what do I do now? Do I actually have to listen to them? <laughs> right, actually, have well, to listen to the show. That was the hope, but yeah, you know. <laughs> His or her Speaking own. of listening to the show, we have a wonderful show sponsor we should talk we about, our friends at Brightcove. At friends at Brightcove. And you know this, Robert, with eight and ten consumers engaging with brands on social media and three and four consumers linking social vid- video viewing to purchasing decisions, Brightcove examined how brands can make the most of social video and they created a copy of 
The Science of Social Video. It's an amazing ebook where you can learn how to turn social video views into real value for your organization. And what they did was they incorporated the responses of 5,500 viewers across the US, UK, France, Germany, and Australia. And the report goes into this snapshot of the evolving world of social video and gives you sort of a glimpse at the benefits of those brands who are able to, or are really turning social video into something that's of true value for not only their customers and their audience, but also for their brands. And you can get this Science of Social Video valuable ebook at cmi.media slash PNR185. That's cmi.media slash PNR185. And you can download that. Did I get that right? Is it 185 or 185A? I always forget when we have two sponsors. I, you, you know, do, your guess is as good as do mine. You have this in front of me. <laughs> I, I think it's one. It I think it's one eighty-five. But I'm totally going to get it wrong. You know who's going to get mad at me? So Laura Kozak, she sends these to me every week. You know, we sort of figure out how we're doing this thing, and uh, she is going to yell at me because I got it wrong. And I hate being wrong with Laura because um, because I'm yeah. always. It seems like I'm always wrong. No, oh, I did get it right. There you go. It's PNR one eighty five. CMI dot media slash PNR one eighty five. Nothing. See, I'm sorry. I just we just lost five more viewers because I can't <laughs> even get the URL right. Anyways, go download the science of social video. P, uh, CMI dot media slash PNR one eighty five. Thanks to Bright Cove again for sponsoring coming to Absolutely. the table. They're already they're sponsoring it, the content marketing world this year. They've come to the table year over, year after year, and we really appreciate their support. They're so. just a fantastic, wonderful organization. They yeah. have good, good taste. That is for sure. <laughs> of course they do. They, uh, why, do why would anybody sponsor this show? <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Anyways. I mean, you, you don't have to listen to it. Exactly. You just have exactly. to read the show notes. Well, that's the thing. It's like when we go and we're, we're pitching people for advertising, hey, you want to advertise? And they, you know, they're like, well, what, is, what do they sound like? Like, it's like, do I have to listen to it? No, you don't have to listen to it. <laughs> actually, we would, we would actually it? prefer if you don't listen to, yeah, the vi- exactly. to them. You probably talk don't at all. want to. It's, yeah. Just take our word for it. Just, it's, it's good it's traffic. Good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, moving on now to your favorite part of the show. It is our rants and rave section where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over, oh, something that makes us feel like we've signed up for the country club or something that makes us feel like we signed up for heck or hell on earth. Um, And let's see, I'm going first because I have this old mark. Of course you do. Of course you do. Of course I do. Yes. Um, so let's see. I have a very quick ra- a rave, um, and then I have a little bit of a commentary here. So uh, my rave, really quickly, is an article that we'll, of course, link to in the show notes. Um, it's a Q&A with um, uh, this guy from uh, Reebok. And the headline of the article is how Reebok masters reactive storytelling for social wins. And I just read it. I appeared in my newsfeed just randomly. Um, and I uh, clicked on it and read it. And I just really liked it. Um, and I just wanted to recommend it as an article. Um, because in, in many ways, we often talk about this idea of you know, creating your story and getting an editorial mission and working ahead of time and getting your calendar together and all of those sort of proactive strategic things that we do. And and there is real value if you can do the Oreo dunk in the dark thing, the reactive storytelling in real time. Um, and uh, it, this, um, it, it's Dan Mazei, I believe I pronounced his name correctly there, M-A-Z-E-I. He's the head of Reebok's Global Newsroom. 
and he basically walks through this interview talking about how he's built this nimble brand newsroom um, and uh, and the structure and the processes that he has to go through it. It's just really good, and so I just wanted to recommend it and as a as a nice primer on how they've been able to create some interesting things that have been shared um, relatively widely um, and you know, how they come up with their creative process and how they decide what they're going to um, insert themselves into the news with and what they're not going to insert themselves into the news with. And I just really like the article, so nice. I thought I'd give it a big shout out here. Good. Um, secondly... Um, is an article that was sent to me by a few people, although I had it um, on my on my attention because of my subscription to Ad Age, is uh, an article that uh, the headline is How Google Plans to Kill Last Click Attribution. And of course, that headline got my attention. Um, and the article is talking about the that Google, um, at their recent sort of conference, um, has now said that it wants to rid marketers, this is a quote, rid marketers of their obsession with the last click before consumers buy things. Instead, it wants to provide insights into how earlier ad dollars perform in areas like TV, digital video, store visits, search, etc. And so they go on, the article goes on to explain how they're going to solve uh, attribution and weighted attribution. And of course, it wouldn't be an article about this without what? The magic words, artificial intelligence. Of course, they're going to use artificial intelligence to solve the attribution problem, which hasn't <laughs> been solved in the history of marketing ever, 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 ever. My only commentary here is just be careful because you know, of course, they have an enterprise software product that's going to come out and do this, and they have a free product that's actually going to attempt to do this that they're calling Google Attribution, and it's going to um, weight uh, things that um, uh, will hopefully, you know, give you attribute to all those things. And the quote that sort of got my attention was um, from the senior director of product management for analytics who said, it creates a prediction model that learns by waiting a set of touch points on how likely a user is to purchase something. And I just went, really, really, <laughs> really, really, really. I just, I, and maybe they have it. Maybe, maybe, maybe they've solved it. Maybe they will solve it. I never want to underestimate Google, but boy, would I go in here with my eyes open and I, I will, I will do further research and I'm going to go look at it and all this kind of stuff. But man, I just, I really fail to see how artificial intelligence is going to solve this other than looking at, you know, e-commerce, I can get it a little bit, but you know, I don't know what convinced me to buy a particular, you can't even ask me what convinced me to buy a particular product. I don't know is the whole point of that as a consumer. You don't know what was the deciding factor or what was the most deciding factor. It's all based on emotion and et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, a commentary to say, read the article and I would go in with your eyes wide open here in terms of the promise of this because I'm skeptical to say the least. See, I'm going to yeah, yeah. take back my whole Facebook voting thing because I think what's going to happen is is that Facebook, artificial intelligence, which is alive <laughs> and well on Facebook, will will know exactly how you want to vote. There you go. And and the percentage That's at it. which you will vote for each person. And you don't even have to vote anymore. That's it. I, you know what? I actually believe that more than I do the attribution <laughs> thing to what I'm going to purchase. I actually believe that's more <laughs> possible 
than the than what I'm going to buy, than predicting what I'm going to yeah. buy as I go through a your, buyer's funnel. Yeah, your Facebook behavior says you're going to vote for this person. I actually think that's probably possible today. I think yeah. you could probably figure that out today with some level of accuracy. But this is not a political show, so we're not, not going at to all. go there. Not at, at all. all. Um, those were good. Are you? Do you have any more? Or is that no, it? no, that's it. Oh, I'm done. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Thank you very much. This is very informative. I have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have two. <laughs> I have. Um, You're two, welcome. I have two. Uh, this is. I guess this is sort of a rant because it's a. You should have known better. I had uh, a friend of mine, Fernando Paya, send this to me, and then our our wonderful uh, creative director, uh, J.K. Kalinowski, said that we were just chatting about it. He was he was over to the house. Uh, we were drinking uh, orange Gatorade. Uh huh. And yeah. uh, this, is that what the kids is, call it these days? This is from CNN. It says trolls hijack Walker's social media campaign. Did you see this? I'm sure I did see it. this. I did see. And this. I just have to say this because how they how they did not see this coming. How yeah. you don't when you right. think about doing a social media program? Explain like this, what happened. You got to explain. So, what so happened. basically, uh, and I'll go through. This is from CNN, but I've, I've got BBC up here as well. Walker's, a potato chip brand from the UK. By the way, Ra- Walker's. Uh, crisps is They're owned really by, good. Uh, they really good. They were bought by PepsiCo, Frito Lay, in yep, nineteen eighty nine, I believe. Uh, right. But the the most interesting is thing is because Walker's Crips, Crisp has a special chip which is deep ridged. It's not just ridged. For some in the UK, you can get Walker's deep ridged chips, which I've never had, and I really want because I didn't know that oh. was such a thing. No, I no, just no, no. found it's out. A thing. Oh, it's a thing, oh. and it's good. It, I will tell you it's good. Okay. Well, I'm going to have yeah. to try it because I, yeah. I love ridged chips. And when I found out there was deep ridged, I'm like, I was been, you know, 44 years old missing out on this thing my whole life. It's yeah. terrible. Um, so Walker's, the potato chip brand from the UK, launched a competition Thursday to win tickets to the UEFA Champions League final in Cardiff, Wales on June 4th. Uh, the brand teamed up with a spokesman, former footballer Gary Lineker, I think it's pronounced, to promote its Walker's Wave campaign, and they asked fans to send in selfies in the hope of winning tickets to the centerpiece football match. And so what happened is, just to cut to the end, uh, people started to, as you would expect, started to send in pictures of simply, um, what kind of people? Child molesters, uh, (laughs) serial killers. Yes. uh, Really. Stalin made an appearance. Yeah. Like people that you would not want. And then, so basically this went and, and they post, and this all went on social media and Twitter and everything. So everybody got to see all these (laughs) things. Walker's wave hashtag with all these people and the spokesperson holding up these images. So if you haven't seen it, you should go to see it really. I mean, horrible, horrible things. I mean, we're laughing about it now, but it was not funny. But the worst thing, is is that in Cardiff 2 um, they had uh, some big boards, huge screens up where everybody could see that this guy holding up these pictures that people obviously recognize. So everybody out walking around are seeing this, <laughs> seeing this as well. So it hits social media and the real world. The reason why I think it's a rant is shame on you for not knowing that people are horrible. They people will <laughs> right, absolutely exactly. find right. the worst Have when you you're been thinking, on the internet. <laughs> yeah, when you're thinking this is a great competition and people will absolutely want to take a selfie of themselves. No, 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 no. Just think, what's the worst 
thing that somebody can do. And that will they'll do it. They'll probably do ten times more than that. So you just need to know that with social media. This is this has been happening for years too. It was like whatever, was it ten years ago? Remember when General Motors did their uh here's all the different clips that we put together for a commercial and go ahead and put your own commercial together. And That's people right. were people were putting it together and at the end it was like if it's catching on fire and blowing up exactly <laughs> the car that they were doing. Uh so anyways that's the first one. And the second one was where was I? Where is oh here it is. Um Oh no, I can't find it now. I think I just missed it. Oh here it is. I got it. This is from the media briefing too. You're a mess today. Are you kidding me? This is how I always am. I just usually just I'm quiet about it. Now I'm just I'm just <laughs> verbally a mess. Everybody knows it. This is Bad Romance, Why Airbnb and Hearst New Magazine Has Issues. Uh, We've talked about this magazine many times. I think I raved about it before. All I'm going to do in this article is pick this, uh, these two things out. And this is under, this is way at the bottom of the article on media briefing. And it says, A Divided Kingdom. It says, a far more serious issue at the heart of Airbnb magazine is the vast gulf between the two companies' views on the purpose of the magazine. So I thought this is so interesting. You know, I'm all totally into this mission statement thing. So I sure. see these two yeah. things. So the Airbnb chief executive, Brian Chesky, says the purpose of this magazine says, from my point of view, it's successful if more people experience Airbnb and talk about it. That's his. And Hearst Chief Content Officer Joanna Cole says, I want to make money. Yep. Those are the two very disparate goals. And uh, I'm going to just call it right now. This thing's going to fail. This is not going to work. There's no way if the two companies are going to uh, – because Hearst has no, doesn't care at all about Airbnb getting its experience out there. Doesn't care a lick. At all, all they want to do is drive more dollars, and they're only getting into this program because they see a lot of money behind it. And I think that when you get those types of programs together, like I've seen these things work before, but usually when it's work, when it works, the industry representative, uh, the publisher, has uh, a stake in it. Like it's it's supposed to raise the level of something. It's supposed to really help something, helps the industry in some way. And they're like, okay, great. Yeah, the secondary, yeah, we want to make money, but this vision is a great vision and it's a great mission and we're going to go all in on it. And those things can work really well. This, I think, is is going to be a dumpster fire. I don't know. That's my, <laughs> that's my take. And I don't want it to be because I want yeah, to see these things right. sur- survive. Uh, and do really well because I think it's good. It could be good for the industry. It's a good example to use, but I'm a little bit nervous with the with the different goal sets. So that's my. I'm with you on that prediction. I, I, you know, that it's the only one that you've made. Well, no, the voting on Facebook thing. I think, <laughs> I've got a lot so. of. Hey, I, maybe if I go fifty percent in this episode, <laughs> well, it'd be pretty good. You make enough. Hey, you make enough. You, you throw the <laughs> dice enough times, it's going to come up snake eyes every now and again. Oh, right? there we go. There we go. So, you uh, do you have a this old marketing this week? I do have a this old marketing. Um, it's a fun one too uh, this week. Um, we have talked about, and interestingly, in going through the archives, I don't know that we've ever talked about Williams-Sonoma on this show, but we have certainly, in your presentations, I know you've mentioned it, in my presentations, we've seen it in other presentations, um, the Williams-Sonoma um, focus on content. And mostly what you and I would focus on in workshops and whatnot are the in-store 
uh, content, you know, which was education and classes and those sorts of things that they would hold. And one of the main reasons that, and there was this wonderful article that I used to refer to back when, you know, I was talking about this, where one of the main reasons that they used to do the class uh, and that they would actually turn the fans in the store outward toward the mall so that you would actually smell the wonderful cooking uh, stuff coming out from the, from the actual uh, store so that you'd walk in. Um, and they had cooking classes and those sorts of things. But I, as I, I was looking actually just this last week um, about the history of Williams-Sonoma, and I thought it made a really wonderful this old marketing example because – so um, I didn't know all of this, the, the Williams-Sonoma story. So this guy, Chuck Williams, there you go. He moved to Sonoma, California. There you have the mm-hmm. name of the company. Yeah. He was a home builder. He built homes. Um, and he was an avid cook, and he traveled to Paris in the 50s, um, and he became just in love with uh, Paris and French cooking. Um, but interestingly, when he got back to the States, he noticed that all if you wanted to go buy cooking stuff like pots and pans and cooking utensils, it was all done in a very haphazard way, right? Just stacks of pots, and you know it wasn't very nice or wasn't a lot of places where you could go and do that. So he had this epiphany that he wanted to open up a French-style um, store, like a hardware store almost, um, but have a wonderful display of all of this cooking stuff and especially French uh, cooking equipment. So he had one store in the 1960s in Sonoma County, and he basically made it this very boutique-y little store that would have never really gone beyond maybe Beverly Hills or, you know, Sonoma or, you know, those kind of very, you know, up-and-coming or, you know, rich parts of uh, the city where he would be focusing on his audience. He brought in this guy um, that uh, that helped. It was a partner, and when he brought in this guy as a partner, um, they basically changed the whole strategy uh, of the company, and they started publishing media. And so this was in the in, in 1986. They published their very first book, um, which was part of this new strategy. It was William Sonoma Cookbook um, with a guide to kitchenware, and it was the first in what would become a series of books that they created about cooking and entertaining. They produced, and this is amazing, over a hundred books. They produced over a hundred books in that time frame, best-selling cookbooks um, during the 1990s. In 2000, they followed all of that, all of those books up with a print magazine called Taste Magazine, launched in uh, the year 2000, and they produced all of these wonderful uh, recipes and how-tos and basically beautiful photography, and it was quite a very popular magazine, Taste Magazine, all throughout the early 2000s. They then quit uh, Taste Magazine as a print publication and now continue to this day, 2017, 17 years later, the blog, which is Taste Magazine blog, which has all the same, roughly the same content that it, the Taste Magazine did, done now in digital style, and it's an active, ongoing part of their content marketing and platform, and to this day are continuing to produce books um, uh, and and a large number of publishing uh, platforms for all of the content they're doing. When you read this sort of history, um, and we'll link to this book um, in uh, in Google Books um, as part of the show notes here, what you get the impression of is, is they basically built the entire back of William Sonoma, the company, on the back of publications, basically books, magazines, events, cooking classes, experiences, because as they say in the book, and this is my favorite part being the experiences part, they said, 
the way they looked at it was retail was theater for them. They wanted to have a theatrical appearance in all of their stores. And so when you walked in, you would see classes going on and entertainment and all sorts of things that would basically bring you into the experience of fine French cooking. And I just think an amazing example of a company that built the back of its marketing department on the back of media becoming a real media company. I love that example. And that, by the yeah. way, um, their, their taste blog is fantastic. It's wonderful. I mean, yeah. They it's really, really good. do an exceptional job. They uh, post, uh, I think two, two times a day. Um, sometimes one, two. I yep. don't know what the yeah. exact, uh, velocity is, but, uh, but really, really good stuff. So it's, it's very nice. Yeah. You've very used nice. that, you've used that story many times when you would uh, talk about the, um, the the smell out into yeah. the retail outlet, and uh, that's always a good one. So I love I, that. Yeah, I learned that from you. I didn't know that. There you go. I thought it was Senator Rock. I thought it was The Rock saying, <laughs> the "Can Rock you smell what The Rock is cooking in Williams Sonoma?" <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. I, <laughs> We're just bringing it back. See how we did that. We brought it you just all the brought, way. That's called a callback. That's called. Yeah. That, that's what they that's call exactly. in the in, in that's the what they say in a callback. Yeah. Well, you're a Hollywood guy. You would know yeah. this stuff. I don't know this. I'm just from <laughs> Cleveland. So, Anyways, uh, what do you got going on this week? I am finishing up, um, as we talked about, just finishing up some final edits on our book, our wonderful little book together. Congratulations. So, we are like yeah, really, congratulations really done. to you, like, too. We're really close to being done. Yeah. yeah, so that's good. Um, and then this week uh, should be a um, – I do have some follow-ups that I have to do with the, the client that we talked about earlier in the show where I've got to do a few more calls, but um, those should be minimal. Um, and uh, and doing some other work and some other writing and getting caught up a bit. And then travel again starts uh, in a couple of weeks. So um, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to being home for about a week or so um, on this long holiday weekend, short week work week coming up and uh, getting a bunch of stuff done. How about you? Uh, you know, it's an interesting week. I've got, uh, it's like webinar week. I've got multiple webinars. Uh, I think you and I have a Twitter chat on Tuesday. Do we we do Twitter? actually. Yeah, we yeah. do have a Twitter chat on Tuesday. Yeah. Chat. Yeah. So if you listen to this on Monday night, Tuesday morning, we have a Twitter chat at noon Eastern time. So that'll be fun. And then, uh, Thursday, uh, is really, really important. Uh, besides being the fact that it's my son's eighth grade graduation, it's, Woo-hoo. uh, it's, uh, it's the, it's the Cavs first game. With uh, that's what I'll be. Oh, Cavs. you're going to be yeah. tied up. Yeah. So basically, you... I'm gonna. I don't know. Should I should I go to the graduation or should I watch LeBron James? It's really tough decision. Yeah, I don't think there's a decision to be made. I think, <laughs> I think I'm going to do both. If I know your lovely wife, I think that decision. Oh is no made. no, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. It's not going to be yeah. a problem. Always family first. Yes. I have. Don't go. worry. I get. I I can get it on my smartphone. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> I can see you winking at me over the phone. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, as Joe goes off and say, go Cavs, that is it for episode 185. Uh, thank you also to the wonderful people at Bright Cove and to new sponsor Video Blocks for their sponsorship of this episode. We thank you so much for that wonderful, wonderful, wonderful stuff. And if you like this episode, number 185, if you didn't think it went off the rails and you don't just read the show notes won't you leave us a kind review on itunes we love the kind reviews that is for sure be nice don't be mean and if you want to you can also consider subscribing on itunes stitcher.com podcatcher whatever you like to to subscribe on if you leave us a review or if you subscribe let us know 
hashtag us up at this old marketing on the Twitter. We'd love to thank you personally for that. Um, that's how much we appreciate you subscribing to this little hour of nonsense. And of course, story ideas, story ideas, story ideas. We love them. We need them. Hashtag us up at this old marketing on Twitter or send us an email at this old marketing at contentinstitute.com. All the links that we talked about today will be available in the show notes as we go to publish on Monday evening. And of course, in their replete full color and newly wonderfully designed form at thisoldmarketing.com on Saturdays. Until next week, everybody, remember it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing. is part of the CMI Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows at contentmarketinginstitute.com.